0: You're listening to the Daily Missioner Podcast with Benedict. Today we're going to start the second chapter of Turumot. And I thought it would be useful just to check back on the progress we've made so far. In the first chapter we learnt about who can give Turumot, what kind of intention is needed, And what kinds of food can be given? And we learned this principle of like for like. That in principle we have to give truma from the same kind of food and the food with the same kind of status that we're trying to exempt. Now we're going to start the second chapter today. And we're going to explore in a little bit more, more cases of like for like. We're going to look at purity and impurity. We're going to look at species diversity. That is the task for today. Let's click into the sources, beginning of the second chapter. (inaudible) You can't give produce, which is Tahor, which is pure for produce which is tummy, So you might have a whole pile of wheat in your barn. Maybe a creepy crawly has jumped on top of it. So the wheat is tummy. Actually, thinking, let's think this through carefully. The wheat can only become tummy if it's got damp. So maybe it got damp and then a creepy crawly jumped on top of it. Or maybe it came into contact with someone who'd been in contact with a dead body. So it's become tamé. You can't give turuma which is if you had a different pile, which is tahor, you can't give turuma from the pure pile for the impure. But the Mishnah says, It works in principle, you shouldn't do it, but it works. And the Mishnah then talks about. A cake of figs, Ha'igul, shells of We talked a lot about cakes of figs in the Mishnah of the seventh year. It was an incredibly, we're going to come back to them. Cakes of figs are an incredibly common way of basically storing figs and transporting figs. You just made them into nice dried sort of round things. The cake has become partly impure. You can give truma from the pure part for that which has become impure, and the same applies to a bunch of vegetables or a stack of grain. And But if you had two cakes or two bunches or two stacks, one pure, one impure, we shouldn't give truma from one to the other. And Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer disagrees. He says you can give truma from that which is pure for that which is impure. So Rabbi Eliezer disagrees, and in principle, we're giving. Why does he disagree? Or well, we can think about the fact that if you're giving from pure for the impure, you're basically you're giving higher quality produce. You're giving produce that the kohen can eat. So we can understand. We can understand where Rabbi Eliezer is coming from. Let's look at the other way around The next example of the Mishnah is the opposite example. Ain Tormin tame alatahor. We they what one may not give Truma from impure for that which is pure. And now we can really understand this, because you're a Kohen, right? You have to keep yourself, if you're going to serve in the temple, you have to keep yourself in a state of purity. That's one reason why you deal with people who are we have the concept of Khaver. In the Mishnah of Shavit, someone who's reliable you could buy produce from in the seventh year. A chaver is also someone who takes care about laws of tumah and tahara. If you're a kohen, you probably only buy stuff from a chaver. If you give a kohen produce that is not tahor or well, what he that's tameh, what can he do with it? He can do nothing with it. So you can see why you can see why the why is, there's a problem here. And the Mishnah go but the Mishnah goes on to give us a little little exception if he did take truma from produce that was impure if he did it by accident at least his action has he's created truma right so i mean he's made it maybe he's given truma the kohen can't use but he's given truma umezid if he did it on purpose he didn't do anything. So he, This is a psychological barrier, if you like. You can't you can't overtly go out and give Truma from produce which the Kohen can't touch. And the same applies to a Levi. Remember, we said that the the ten percent let's click back into the let's click back into the 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 hierarchy of donations the, um, the hierarchy of, of donations the masse rishon 10% given to Leviim. but what do the Leviim do they have to separate 10% of the 10% for the kohen okay so if you're a levi maybe you have masse rishon you have to separate Ten percent of the ten percent for the Kohen. What if, what if that, what if some of that food is tameh? What if some of that food is is tameh, and you gave truma from it, and then just I don't know, you went off and did something else. And the Mishnah gives the same answer, by the way. Shogeg, asa asui. If you did it by accident, what is done is done. Mazid lo asachlum. If you did it on purpose, you haven't fulfilled your obligation to tithe the tithe. And Rabbi Yudah adds, he wants to qualify the the halacha, according to the Rambam, by the way, the halacha doesn't go according to Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah wants to be stricter. He says, look, If you knew about it at a certain point, right at the beginning, you know, you knew about it, and then maybe you made a mistake. And Rabbi Yudah says, look, you know, you, it's, it's as if you've done it on purpose. If you knew about it once, it's as if you did it on purpose. You've done nothing at all. You have to give, you have to basically give your tithe again or give your truma again. Now, the Mishnah is then going to associate other things that you might do by accident or on purpose. So maybe, maybe you immerse vessels on Shabbat and the Mishnah says, if you've done it by accident, you can use them on Shabbat. If you did it on purpose, you can't use them until after Shabbat. Maybe you have um, one who made, separates Maser or cooks on Shabbat. If by accident, you can eat it. If on purpose, you can't eat it. And someone who plants on Shabbat. I mean, you could plant on Shabbat accidentally. um baShabbat, shogeg If it's on by accident, you can keep the plant. Mezid, yakor. On purpose, really, you should, after, obviously, after Shabbat, you need to rip it out. And in the seventh year was strict. In the seventh year, whether you plant it accidentally or on purpose, you have to rip it out. Because the, the seventh year is, um, it's less common than Shabbat. The sages are actually stricter about the seventh year than they are about Shabbat. And so, in either case, you would rip it up. So we've segued, we've we've segued away from um, trumot to just bring a couple of other examples, although we're still floating around concepts of truma and agriculture and Shavit. And that's the first three Mishnayot. Tomorrow we'll do the second three Mishnayot in the chapter, and then we're going to finish the chapter. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.